Hello, welcome to MLEX's podcast, back in your feed after a few weeks away to coincide with the Northern Hemisphere summer. I hope you've had a chance to relax, that all is well wherever you may be listening to us today. I'm James Paniki, MLEX's Asia-Pacific Senior Editor, clearly nowhere near the Northern Hemisphere at the moment. Apologies for sounding a bit congested today as I recover from a cold at the end of what has been a wet and challenging winter. Now, here at MLEX, we've taken advantage of the break to review our podcast format a little. We'll be sticking to one topic per program to make the operation a little more nimble and social media friendly. But we will be aiming to expand on the most topical story of the week. And that brings us to a California lawsuit in which Meta, the company formerly known as Facebook, was sued by aggrieved users of the platform in the wake of revelations that personal data was shared with third-party companies, including Cambridge Analytica. As MLEX readers already know, Meta has agreed to settle that lawsuit for an undisclosed amount. So it's all over, right? Well, not so fast. Firstly, Meta needs to contend with a judge who feels that the social media giant hasn't been taking demands for documents and witness scrutiny seriously, And that is, in fact, turning into a significant procedural development. And then there's the open question about what this settlement might mean for lawsuits and enforcement action against Meta over the Cambridge Analytica breaches in other jurisdictions, both in the US and internationally. Mike Swift is MLEX's Chief Global Digital Risk Correspondent, and he joins me now from our offices in San Francisco. Uh, Mike, uh, firstly, what was Facebook slash Meta accused of in this lawsuit, and why did the company decide to settle now uh, some four years into the case? So this is the litigation which was filed in the matter which really has, I think, become a fulcrum in the evolution of really global privacy law. You know, Facebook's disclosure back in 2018 that the data of more than 80 million people had been acquired by this uh, political data mining firm Cambridge Analytica and potentially factored into the 2016 presidential election here in the United States and I I know was also used in other countries including Australia. And so this lawsuit was filed uh, right after those that that news became public, and Mark Zuckerberg was hauled before Congress and Parliament in the UK and many other bodies. And the suit really is much more broad than just Cambridge Analytica. It's basically talking about Facebook's very liberal policy of allowing apps on its platform prior to 2015 to have um, access to not just the data of people who downloaded the app, but all their friends on Facebook, potentially. That case had been plodding along. There was huge battles behind the scenes about uh, the plaintiff's access to Facebook's most intimate business secrets. And just as the case really began to ripen and we were starting to look towards trial, the settlement was uh, announced last week. So um, it's maybe a little disappointing from those of us who like to see uh, conflict in the courts uh, as journalists, but uh, definitely uh, an important business move on Facebook's part. And plus, we don't get to see what all of those, um, you know, special recipes going on behind the scenes are, which is a bit of a shame. But what about the settlement itself? What do we know about it? Is there a dollar figure that's floating around? No, there isn't at this point. We don't know much. All we know is that the two parties, uh, the plaintiffs and Meta, have 
uh, reached an agreement in principle. We're pretty clear that there'll be some sort of injunctive relief, some sort of change that they'll have to make to their business model. And there will definitely be a lot of money, but we don't know how much money. I think, though, that it's very likely, given the intensive legal battle which has gone on, an expensive legal battle which has gone on for four years, that it will be a substantial sum, probably in the hundreds of millions of dollars. And what's the upside to Facebook of a settlement other than obviously Mark Zuckerberg not having to show up in court? Uh, Facebook had just lost a ruling and had been fighting over whether its top executives, including Zuckerberg and the outgoing chief operating officer, Sheryl Sandberg, were going to have to provide depositions and then ultimately probably testify in any trial. And Meta lost that battle. Both Sandberg and Zuckerberg um, were slated to provide depositions, 11 hours of depositions between the two of them, which is a lot. You know, the other upside is that um, some of the documents that Facebook has fought so hard to keep sealed, to keep from becoming public, now will probably never become public, will never leak out in the form of a trial. So I think those are really the two key benefits that uh, caused Facebook to settle at this point. Okay, so given that a settlement has been reached, I suppose the assumption is that all hearings would be stayed, everyone, you know, moves on with their lives. That uh, hasn't happened, though, in this in this case. There are still penalty hearings uh, scheduled. scheduled. Um, so why is... Uh, Meta facing sanctions, and what was the surprise turn by Judge Chahabria after the plaintiffs and Facebook told the court that they had reached this settlement? Right. So that was the big surprise. That normally, when um, uh, there's a settlement in class action litigation, everything stops, everything's frozen, and judges who are very have very overloaded dockets are only too happy to, you know, uh, put everything on hold. In this case, Judge Shahabria said, no, I'm not going to go along with that. And Facebook um, meta had been uh, on the line for potentially very serious sanctions for litigation misconduct, where um, the judge basically invited the plaintiffs to uh, file for sanctions against Facebook, which is a really, really rare thing for a judge to do. And in recent months, Judge Chahabria has been visibly angry at uh, Meta's lawyers um, and has clearly indicated that he feels that they're really flouting the court's authority because they haven't turned over documents. They uh, would designate witnesses called uh, 30B6 witnesses in U.S. court lingo, where um, these are witnesses that are supposed to be specially designated to tell a company's story in litigation like this. And they designated those witnesses. And then when they were actually being deposed, Facebook's lawyers would say, oh, no, you don't have to answer that question. And that really infuriated Judge Jahabria. So he basically said, no, uh, Meta, you don't get off the hook for sanctions just because uh, you have reached this settlement. Now, there was going to be a hearing on September 2nd that was postponed. So we don't know when the hearing for sanctions is going to happen. But it certainly is notable that it is still going to happen. So uh, stay tuned on that one. As for the broader landscape in the U.S., does the settlement of this case have significance for other ongoing uh, regulatory probes over the same practices uh, in the country, or is this very much a standalone settlement in your view? 
No, well, I think there will be significance. Um, the attorneys general of the state of Massachusetts and the District of Columbia both have active lawsuits against Facebook over these same data practices. And one thing that they have really been trying to get is um, these, this series of documents called the App Developer uh, Investigation, or ADI, which uh, Facebook commissioned right after this scandal blew up in 2018. And since then, Facebook has fought mightily in the courts in Massachusetts and California uh, to keep that document from becoming public. And um, now, because of the settlement, it probably will never become public as part of the California litigation, but it still might become public in, in D.C. or Massachusetts. So we'll have to see about that. But um, the settlement doesn't completely foreclose uh, that risk to Meta of, of this this ADI finding coming out, which apparently uh, would not be good PR for Meta, to put it mildly. <laughs> yes, indeed. Look, Mike, uh, thank you for all of your coverage. It's been a pleasure talking today, as always. Yeah, thank you, James. Mike Swift is MLEX's chief global digital risk correspondent, and he was speaking to me there from the LexisNexis offices in San Francisco. His analysis of this case, co-written with our senior reporter Amy Miller, has been unshackled from the paywall and is ready for you to read and enjoy. Our website address is mlexmarketinsight.com. That's M-L-E-X marketinsight.com. You'll see a tab called News Hub, and that's where you need to go for the very best of MLEX's analysis and reporting from our team of journalists around the world. I should add that Amy Miller is on leave at the moment, hopefully getting a chance to relax after a very busy period for our Silicon Valley team. We'll have her back on the podcast very soon, no doubt. And that's where we have to leave things for this week. We'll be back in your feed next week at the same time, and we'll be talking with some of our UK reporters about the recent appointment of a new Prime Minister, Liz Truss, and how that might be affecting some of the regulatory issues that we're covering at the moment. Not to mention the considerable cultural impact of the very sad news of the death of Queen Elizabeth II. I hope to see you then. From me, James Paniki, and everyone here at MLEX and LexisNexis, thanks for listening. Bye for now. <laughs>